Welcome inside the Celtics Live podcast. I'm Justin Quinn here with Mark Allison, and the offseason is officially behind us. We took off a week while there was a second to breathe and one of the craziest off-seasons in years, but with the preseason games finally underway, it's time to get back into it. How you doing, Mark? Pretty good, my man. What's going on? Well, I'm just going to let everybody know in advance, if you hear some some construction noises, it's not the Celtics roster under construction. Nothing's changed as far as I know. It's just my apartment building. We're, we're, we're recording in a work zone. We are. <laughs> Multiple ways. So uh, there's been some stuff going on in, in the last week or so. We have some big changes to the All-Star game. Yeah, pretty cool changes, if you ask me. I, I think it's a good idea. I am super psyched about it. I honestly thought the backlash was going to be massive when I read about it, and I was really surprised that something that radical happened. The NBA tends to be a pretty conservative league when it comes to like rule changes, and I, you know, I, I know the All Star Game doesn't officially count directly for anything, but it surprised me they actually went ahead with this. Well, I, I think people just really, I think the positive um, response from everybody, people just really want to see something different. I mean, the the garbage games that we've been getting for like the past, you know, fifteen years, I, I can't even remember the last time I enjoyed what. Actually, I can remember the last time I enjoyed watching the the game was the last one that Jordan was in. And it was that close game, and he hit the would-be game winner. And then um, Jermaine O'Neal fouled Kobe Bryant, who hit three free throws to win the game, which was awful ending. But it was an exciting game. That's the last time I remember it being like that. Yeah, nobody plays defense. Scores are up into the 130s, 40s, 50s even. It's silly. I mean, I'd rather watch a preseason game between two trash teams than watch that. Absolutely. So What are you going to do? For the people who aren't aware of what the changes are, it's going to be completely revamped how they organize it. There's not going to be an East and the West anymore. The The top two vote getters in each conference will then pick teams from across the league of All-Stars. So there isn't an East and West per se so much as Team A and Team B. I don't know what they're going to call them. Maybe they'll still be East and West, but they'll just be distributed not in conferences that they're in. I'm not real clear exactly how that's going to work. But the coaches still- so it's it's going to be one guy from each conference though. Like it can't be Steph Curry and Durant. It's got to be two guys from separate I conferences. Could, I could be wrong. Not- it okay. might be just. The top I don't. Two I, vote I'm not clear on that, so I don't. I don't really know. So yeah, it might just be the top two yeah. vote. I think you're right though. Yeah, you could be right though. I'm not really sure either. The coaches are still going to pick the reserves, and yeah, which is good. Yeah, totally. It's as if players running a team sometimes goes badly. <clears throat> Yeah, and at, least, and at least this way, we hopefully won't end up with the Warriors on one team, you know? We might. We might. Well, I mean, if, if Durant is the or Curry is the leading vote-getter, I mean, he could easily just pick his teammates, which would be kind of interesting to see if he if guys skip their own teammates. I, that's what makes it kind of exciting. So if Durant's your one guy, and let's say it's Durant and LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And with the, with his first pick, who does who's Kevin Durant select? Does he take Steph Curry or What's, or does he? You know, really I, I imagine yeah. they'll take. I imagine they'll make it. They'll take different people just for the fun of it. Kind of get a little dig in on their teammates and stuff. But I mean, who knows? This could be the closest we get to see to how you could assemble a team to beat the Warriors or something very close to them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> so. Just saying. We'll get the banana boat team from LeBron. Is he going to pick Wade, Mello, and um, uh, Chris Paul? Probably not going to pick Kyrie. <laughs> Can he please not pick Dwayne Wade, who doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game? Or he's least, not well, be I'm just going on a limb there. I know, I know. Well, he was last year, wasn't he? 
or almost. He was almost in mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And the only other thing that's changing is the game is going to be for charity. So additional reason to actually, you know, play defense, try. Well, you, you know what I would think would be it, like what would make them actually maybe mm-hmm. try if the winning team – um, the money went to like their own foundations. You know how like every player has like their own foundations and whatnot? absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that would be cool because then these guys would be playing for something that is Personal. you know important to them and close yep. to them. Because I mean, if it's just two random charities, it's like what what incentive do you have to beat the other team? The money's going to a good cause either way, sure. right? I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. Right? Why not have like the the star the money goes to the starters uh, foundations or something? Everybody, every NBA player has something that means something to them, you know, whether they have their own foundation or not. I don't know, just a little interesting because I still don't see how it's going to be a competitive game if they're just playing for charities and the money's going to a good. I think it anyway. might be slightly yeah. more competitive, but I wouldn't get my hopes up. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, but. And at the same time, you know, and I, I guess maybe if they're picking their own teams, there's a little bit of an aspect of like, I picked this team and we want to win rather than we were voted in. And, you know, I don't know. We'll see. So more good news. Rick Pitino. Done. Oh. Oh. Probably from basketball. I, you think he's going to get another job I think somewhere? he could if he wanted to. I don't, I don't think – I think I think he, it'll be it'll yeah it'll be at a mid major exactly. or something like that though he can't get um, he's not getting yeah. a blue chip but it wouldn't shock me it wouldn't shock me though if he you did. didn't catch my joke it wouldn't What'd be a blue chip university <laughs> for those of you who aren't aware he actually had a role in the movie blue chips um, that was dealing with exactly what he just got canned for which is. A kickback scheme related to recruiting in college where families receive a certain amount of money by steering players to certain schools and programs. I personally don't give a crap about that so much as I give a crap about the corruption that NCAA makes. We don't need to get into that because this is a Celtics podcast. But all the same, I don't feel even slightly bad for Rick Pitino. No, not not at all. It was not after the way he did us dirty. You know, him, guys like him, John Calipari, maybe, obviously, I'm not going to put no, him on I the same level. I actually respect Calipari. Pitino, he's a sleazeball, but at least he's no. open about it. He's open about it, but at the same time, these guys go to these schools and then they leave them in ruins and move on to a better situation. And I, I don't know. I just. Just both of them leave a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, do you really need that if you're one of these? I mean, obviously Louisville benefited from Patino because they became because a powerhouse and they yeah. never were before. Right. So, I mean, this guy's a basketball genius. He knows what he's doing, oh, at least at totally. the college level. And but I love Jim Calhoun from UConn, but, uh, another guy who is, but, uh, you know, famous for for bending the rules. But you know, in this particular case. Right, but I mean, but Calhoun didn't. Calhoun didn't leave like places. No, he like, stuck it up. He stuck it The up. other it's two fair. guys just have it's a track, a track record of, of doing this and and then leaving these other teams. And bending the rules and, you know? and shattering them are kind of different. Like if it does, well, FBI well, probes are not yeah, exactly yeah, sure. on the same thing as impermissible text. So <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll <laughs> I'll give you that one, Justin, for sure. So besides that, we had way back, it seems like it was in prehistory, Media Day. Brad Stevens said he felt like he was taking another job. 
Nobody nobody yelled at him about that, yeah. but Jalen Brown says that he's not sure if there's going to be chemistry the next year and people are ready to take his head off. Did he, what, what, I didn't miss that comment. What did he say? Uh, he had an interview. I think it was with Complex Magazine. It's been circulating. Um, I actually posted a video with some folks talking about that recently. And really... Oh, he was questioning the chemistry of the yeah, team? Yeah, the trade was kind of weird. Is there anyone on this planet that you know was not living in a cave that doesn't think that trade was weird? That trade was super weird. It never happened before. Nothing like it's ever happened before. And when you are dealing with a guy who just went through what Isaiah Thomas, not to bring that up again, but right. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, no, no, it is. It is. But at the same time, I mean, he's just just doing what, you know, things that he thinks are best for the team, right or wrong. Um, I agree. I agree. I I mean, you know, I, I don't blame Isaiah one bit for feeling betrayed at least to some extent. And obviously, you know, that that's that sucks. But I don't think this was anywhere on the radar. The Kyrie stuff came out of nowhere. And, yep. you know, I, I think they were going to re-sign Isaiah next year for, for maybe not the max, close to the max, whatever. They were going to give him a good deal. And um, but, the, you know, another situation developed. They went with a younger guy. I, I you know, I, I don't blame him for doing it. But at the same time, it sucks. Yeah. It does, and nah. it's totally normal to with, with only four dudes coming back to your team from the, from the last season. If you read his whole right. quote in context, Jalen Brown's comments are a rookie saying, I don't get this, it's all new to me, and I hope it works, not anything yeah. else. Calm yeah. down. I th- right. I didn't even see that, but I, I think that's much to do about nothing. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What else was going on? Marcus Smart is skinny now, 20 pounds lighter still muscular can apparently really get up there also can hit a three and has 500 pounds of muscle three for seven on monday like that yeah that was actually really good but uh so my concern the one concern that i have with smart losing all the weight is he still going to be able to stand up these centers you know is he going to be able to abuse guys like paul Millsap in the paint i don't know well, now but, we have a guy who can, so, you know, Aaron. Oh, well, exactly. So that was my next point. <laughs> we maybe don't need to anymore. Yeah. But um, we got a couple of big goons now. But the, um, I, but if, if it gets him to the rim quicker, I mean, if it helps his shooting, you know, um, hey, power to it. I, I love it. I love the dedication. Hey, with Tice. Tice coming from, from the front court, too. Yeah, man. Uh, Tice is, he's, he's a pretty, he's not, he's what, six, nine, but he, he you're not going to move him around too easily. And, no, and Jalen, um, Jalen and Brown is happy to go to the rack too. I think it's, it's going to be a weird, a weird look yeah. for this team that we have shooting and people like willing and able to go to the rack. Yeah, no, that, that definitely. We'll get it. We'll get into the roster a little bit. Cause I, I want to talk to you about that when we get to the, uh, the game the other day, but absolutely that's, that's some, some, some good, good stuff there. Besides that on media day, a lot of the conversation, and I don't want to get too far into this because it's it's just it's a hot topic. Um, Brad Stevens, Jalen Brown, Kyrie, they all had some words along the lines of Trump, Kaepernick, and Stefan Curry and the Warriors. You guys have probably all heard about that. You guys have probably all seen that Bill Russell has taken a knee. I don't even know if we should even have anthem at games. It's not like it's been a very long tradition. If people want to stand for the anthem, great. Go stand for an anthem. I don't know why it needs to be. You know, it's, I don't go stand in an anthem when I go to the movies. <laughs> the movies. <laughs> Just, what's the deal? 
It's a recent phenomenon in, in the NFL where the biggest controversy is it was just started in 2009 with a low-key payment from the military, which is whatever you want to think of it. it it's, it's not an American tradition like some people are making it out to be. And the dominant point I think that I took from, from those comments at Media Day is that Jalen and Kyrie want to open the dialogue, which personally I think is way more productive than kneeling or standing and locking arms. Like, what is that even? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the little sign of togetherness, I guess. I, I guess, know. but it, it's just kind of watering down. And at this point, like, people can't remember if it's because they don't like Donald Trump or they don't like, you know, black people being incarcerated in disproportionately high numbers or what, what exactly what it is anymore is kind of just, like, diffused into a spectacle with very little meaning and I don't I don't see how it's going to be converted into any kind of a positive action without dialogue. So dialogue, it's great. Let's have one. Yeah, I, I would just prefer they use their platform to use your words and say so it doesn't get confused. Exactly. And you know, people don't take things the wrong way and people don't think they're disrespecting things that they're not. And you know, I just I would just say use your platform, use your words. People will hear you, you know? Indeed. Indeed. So besides that, apart from the media day controversy, if you want to call it that, there's been a lot of movement around the league. Quite a bit. Carmelo Anthony, finally not a Nick. I I think that that trade is brilliant um, for OKC. Oh, absolutely. Crusty uh, GM I, of the year, no doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's uh, from all that Ainge did, this is a slam dunk. He got both of those guys for next to nothing. And, um, you know, I, it's in it doing so, he got Russ Wilson to sign that, that mega deal who's going to be there for the foreseeable future. And uh, I, brilliant move on Presti's part. Yeah. I mean, he's basically showing Russ that he wants to compete. He's going to do what he can to make that the, the lineup better around him, and boom, he got his he got his star player to commit long term with a small market team that had virtually no no leverage whatsoever, and the the legacy of the Sonics hanging over their head just to make things even more complicated. The fact that he was able to go from basically completely screwed with no possible way of fixing things to fixing things is just I don't even understand exactly how he did it. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. I mean, took advantage of some situations where teams were in shitty spots, you know, too. I kind of feel like yeah. it was the, the legacy of the Brooklyn trade. Like, there's been a lot of resentment around the league to just how well Danny made out with that. And I kind of feel like he was able to convert that resentment into an actual future for his team, which is... Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well done. So, now that we are done blowing up his spot, does it even matter? Are they going to compete? I mean, really? Are they going to have be able to beat Houston and all the second-team tiers out West? And never mind Golden State. I don't think they have any chance of beating Golden State personally. Do we talk in OKC? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, well, I don't know if anybody has any chance of beating Golden State if they stay healthy. But um, I, I think they, they give Houston a good run. Um, you know, they, they might not be done. They can add somebody at the deadline or before then, too. Uh, to round out the team, but they've got some pretty good role players too. 
I think they could if they're not very deep, obviously. But no, I mean, no, they, no, no, really good team is. No, no, except for one. Except for yeah, that team. Bunch of jerks. Well, I'd argue Cleveland's kind of deep too. They have at least they have a enough veterans and and guys. They're more balanced. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah, they're pretty but balanced too. For me, for me, Oklahoma could be a team that could actually in a playoff situation be a borderline challenge for the Warriors, particularly if one of the rotation players or a starter gets injured. But for a lot of teams, that's not even an option. For me, the the key here is really are three notorious ball stoppers going to be able to find a way to work together, and I don't think that's going to happen. Well, that's going to be the key, obviously. I mean, Russ, Russ can't dominate the ball like he did last year with the other two guys. So um, – yeah, that's obviously a key. But I mean, hey, these these guys they're 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 probably all looking to, you know, to win. They've all been around long enough to 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 not maybe not care about that stuff. Russ got his MVP last year, right? Um so they played together on the Olympics, so they actually had scared the ball before. Yeah, right. So I mean, you know, it's, I I'm excited to see them play. I, I personally Besides, besides that, there's the flip side of the coin. The Knicks, they got uh, Enos Cantor and Doogie McBuckets in a first-round pick. Uh, are they worse now? I would think so. Yeah, and but at the same time, I mean, they added some guys, and Dougie McBuckets still pretty young, right? Yeah, he could, um, he could turn out to be. A we're not really, we're player. not really sure what he's going to be yet, but you know, he could be. Uh, he'll have an opportunity. He'll have an opportunity to play there for sure. Yep. Um, Cantor too. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good move. They, they get a little bit worse, but at the same time, um, give their guys plenty of time, you know, plenty of, uh, they're going to have plenty of minutes to go around for these young guys to develop. And they might be able to convert at least Cantor into something useful in a timeline in the future. I mean, his, his deal is pretty bad right now, but it might not always be. Yeah. I mean, who knows? What is he making now, anyways? I think it's uh, you know the trade kicker has me all screwed up. But he was making about eighteen before. I don't remember how much his trade kicker was for. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, if you have no front court offense and you want some, he's pretty good at that. Yeah, if you need rebounds mm-hmm. or defense or anything else, well, sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna look elsewhere. Speaking of elsewhere, Wade got bought out and moved to Cleveland. Probably at uh, Perk's expense. Perk was also on their camp roster on non-guaranteed. Maybe it was a guaranteed deal. I can't remember. But could have been a Boston reunion. Wade screwed it up. Yeah. What I, I don't really under. I understand. I guess you add a little veteran presence, a little firepower. If, uh, but what what are they doing? What are they going to do at the end of games? Or they've got to pick between when, when Isaiah's back. Wade, Rose, IT. At the top three spots, I mean, at, at the front in the uh, back. Well, they court. should play Isaiah and uh, Wade together. Yeah, well, that would be <laughs> easy for us to wall by on defense. And what are they going to do? You know, Wade hasn't played defense in like five years, and Isaiah's. We know we all know how good he is on defense. Which is real. I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we were able to, you know, thwart his his poor defense last year because we had Bradley. Marcus Smart, Crowder paired up alongside him, you know. Even Rogier's a you know, at least a plus defender. I don't I don't understand how they're gonna close out games um with with any of those two two of those three guys 
on the If they were the smart, in my opinion, they would just run him most of his minutes late in the game. Maybe, you know, not a start, but like six-man minutes, 20, 25 minutes a game, yeah. and have most of his minutes in the third and fourth quarter. Let him be, you know, veteran shooting, basically, and not much else. Yeah, and then, no, and that's fine, you know, but... I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, other than making LeBron happy, bringing in one of his buddies. I don't. I really don't see how much. He well, has. it gives it gives a little bit of a more championship sheen, I think. To it's probably the last season for most of those guys in town. So, you know, a lot of what what Gilbert does is about optics. Gilbert, the owner, more than substance. Right. And this has all the earmarks of optics and none of substance. So, makes sense in that context. Yeah. Yep. Okafor. Jaleel Okafor I... is back on the block. No one cares. <laughs> Another Okafor, a Mecca Okafor. Poor guy. Talk about falling for grace, huh? Jeez, he, rookie year. He was like 20 yeah. and 10 and, uh, you know, just fell off his, the cliff. His distant cousin, Emeka, joined the Philadelphia 76ers in, the, in a comeback bid, so we won't be – are they really cousins? Yeah, they are. Well, they're they're distant. They're like fourth or fifth cousins. Either way, I, I still had no idea. The Okafor family is a very large Nigerian family. They are royalty, I think. They are Nigerian royalty, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Someone can call me out on that. I do that, obviously, because Emeka went to UConn, and I'm a big UConn junkie. So, you know, just to remind you for the third time this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides that, Jamichael Green is another guy we were looking at at the end of the roster as a potential uh, maybe sign and trade candidate, but he resigned with Memphis. Gerald Green is off the table, joining the Bucks, where he'll be joining former Celtic Jason Terry. Thomas Robinson, another guy, also gone to China. Best of luck. I, I would imagine he'll end up back in the league after some injuries and or you know when the Chinese scenes wrapping up seasons yep, wrapping up. I think so too. I, I, I think he he'll uh, he'll be a good boost for a team that needs rebounding. Um, you know, around March, March. You know, when buyouts are coming around and that kind of stuff. And besides that, not too much else to talk about apart from preseason game number one. So you were at that. Tell me your thoughts. What do you think? I, I got to actually take in the game from the Garden. Yeah, it was. Uh, I it was it was pretty cool. Um, that I I loved what I saw. A lot of lot of promise. A lot of uh, if if anything, I thought they shared the ball too much. Um, yeah, they, they were passing. It looked like a hot potato for a little while there. Oh, see, my even my dog remembers that. So, um, but the uh, yeah, it's. Um, I, I thought it was a. Great first showing, personally, and I loved what I saw. Obviously, from a handful of the the uh, new guys, Baines, Big Dick Baines, and uh, Tice. Baines was great, man. I was not uh, he would, anything from him and Tice. And t- t- well, Tice was incredible, but for to see what Baines did when he was out there with the starting unit was I, I loved seeing that. You know, as much as I love what Tice did too, but yeah, and he was knocking down that like eighteen footer. And he's going to be wide open to take that all the time. Teams are going to leave him open for that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hey, I, I loved it. So, biggest points of criticism from what you saw? Um, like I said, the, they moved the ball maybe a little too much. Um, but 
I think that was more of a, you know, it was a preseason game. These guys were all trying to get everybody looks and um, I don't think there was any, you know, there's no point where anybody needed to take over the game or anything like that. So I'll be more interested to see when the games matter, you know, what it looks like fourth quarter and, and whatnot, or, uh, you know, if we're, you know, the other team goes on a, a run, you know, who's the one that steps up taking shots and, and whatnot, obviously, um, it'll be a different look for sure. But um, it was cool to see him spread the ball around like that and running up and down um, that, you know, they, they looked pretty, pretty good. Yabu and Brown and Tatum all had some pretty messed at lines, but in the highlights that I got my hands on, they looked pretty good, at least on the defensive end of the court, which is for me pretty promising <clears throat> given, you know, Two of them are rookies. One of them is entering his sophomore season. And realistically, at this point, I think people should temper their expectations for guys like that. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, so Yabuselli didn't score, but he he did pull down six rebounds, which uh, anyone that watched the Celtics last year, that's the kind of stuff we want to see. I mean, we want to see him score some buckets, but at the same time, um, it was nice to see a handful of guys off the bench Tatum, Tice, Yabuselli all had five plus rebounds in, you know, um, Tatum, Tatum looked rusty early in the game. Well, he looked a little, maybe nervous. That was his first real game. Um, But once he soaked it in, he, he, he ended up finishing with a solid stat line. I I think he missed his first four or five shots. And then he ended up four for 11, um, with five rebounds, five assists, a pair of blocks and a pair of steals. Awesome. You know, and, and that's the way he's going to get on the court. Obviously we know he's going to be able to score even if he's inconsistent to start, we know that's going to come around. But if he can do all those other things uh, and impact the game, he's going to play. And it's interesting. He played 33 minutes well more than anybody else. And I think that shows me that he may actually play a little more this year than, than Jalen did last year. I wouldn't be too surprised. At least, at least he looked better on defense. His feet, his feet look better on defense than Jalen did at the start of the season. I will give him that for sure. Which surprised me because uh, everyone talked about, you know, last year Jalen Brown was already, you know, solid defender and Tatum, that was going to be something he had to work on. And yet, um, you know, he's, uh, I don't know, he's, he's embracing yeah. it. Well, he's got, the, he's, he's, he's a long guy. He's, you know, he's got all those attributes that, that Stevens likes, you know? So, um, I mean, he's, I think he's going to play more from the get-go this year than Jalen did last year. That, that's my hot take. <laughs> I, I don't think that's too hot, but. No, but I mean, I, I had originally thought that he, they were going to bring him along slowly, much in the same way that they did with Brown last year. But I don't know. Ed, I, I could be wrong on that because he, you know, it seems like um, Brad got him out there with all different kinds of guys. He played with the starters. He played with the reserves. He played with the deep reserves. I mean, he played the most, more you know, three-fourths of the game, so. Um, I have a feeling based on the quirkiness of this lineup already and the fact that there is still a roster spot open that Brad Stevens, you know, his usual 20 or so tinkering games are going to give us some very weird lineups this season. And I'm actually really excited to see how that pans out. Yeah, we saw some crazy ones the other day. Um, There was a there was a couple for a few minutes there. We had I think we had um, Irving, Smart and Rosier on the floor at one point which was uh, – I didn't notice it at first, and I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Um, Three-point guards, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, oh, Dan Tony. Uh, what did you think 
Now, obviously, um, Celtics were missing Marcus Morris, um, who was is going to actually join the team today, I believe. So he's he's probably going to play tomorrow. Um, the so the starting lineup, though, that starting lineup that they threw out there, I would guess is going to be the starting lineup most nights, even with Morris. I think Morris they'll go to if they want to start smaller or if they can start smaller. But I, I think that that starting lineup that we saw, we're going to see against most matchups, at least when they, the other team has a, a somewhat legitimate center. Yeah, I'm real curious to see how they're going to fit Marcus into the, the, the Morris, I should say. I can't call him Marcus anymore. because Yeah. Now we have two. Yeah. Morris, yeah. yeah. He's got to be Morris. Yeah, that's it. Which isn't so helpful because then when we're playing Washington, I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, right. But I, but I, I, I think that that lineup that we saw Monday is going to be the starting lineup most nights, uh, much like the way we started with uh, Amir. You know, even if he only played for a short time, he started. You know, I don't know how many games last year. Seventy-five percent of them. For those of you who aren't aware, Marcus Morris and his brother were on trial for an incident, an assault that happened while they were both playing for Phoenix where members of their posse beat the ever-living piss out of somebody um, allegedly over over improper text sent to the Morris twins' mother. The jury found them not guilty on all counts. Had they pled guilty or been convicted, apart from the sentencing, they, they were facing a mandatory 10-game suspension, which is why they were not with the team. If, if you guys want to check out more in-depth stuff on that, our guy Tom Lane covered like pretty much the whole trial, and he's a former criminal prosecutor. So you can check that out on the site because uh, he had some really in-depth uh, comments and observations on the whole deal. I mean, I don't really know much about that stuff. but It was fascinating. I very, very much enjoyed it. I also recommend you all check it out. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, not too much else going on besides other preseason games. Did you have a a chance to take a look at anything else going on around the league. I've I've only seen highlights of other games. I haven't. I think I was watching one game late the other night. Um, I caught the end of. I think it was um, um, the Houston OKC. What do you think? Um, but well, I I caught the end of the game and the the, the big guns weren't really playing. But I did see the highlights. Um, I said, you know, uh, that's a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing in the regular season because I think that could very well – those those two teams would probably end up in the top four out west. Or maybe top five, I'll say, forgetting San Antonio, um, San Antonio and, and uh, I, you know, a sneaky good team, I think, uh, Minnesota. Watch out for them. Yeah, they look pretty good. I caught some highlights of them too. I, I just I – just, I just – I like the way that the team's built, I think – you know, I think, and I think Timido's a good coach. Well, you should. It's yeah. the 2008 Celtics. No, I and no, I just I like the makeup of the team. I think they're a pretty well balanced team. They got some scores. They've got um, good point guard. I, I think they're going to be uh, a force. I was impressed. Hodge Gibson actually got some burn. He, you know, he was their leading scorer for one of the preseason games that they've been playing. I can't remember who they were playing. Well, I think Chicago has misused him since Thibodeau left. I, I mean, he's he's definitely more talented than than what's been happening in the last couple of years. Yeah, people give him a lot of credit, and then you know that's kind of the point of what the the not so low key dig I just took at him in terms of the 2008 Celtics. But I think you are are right in that case where. 
lot of people are giving him crap for kind of doing a Doc Rivers kind of thing, bringing mm-hmm. on a bunch of former teammates, you know, from mm-hmm. the Chicago days. And yeah. in this particular instance, unlike Doc Rivers, there is actually a reason other than oh, they were kind of good. Yeah, right, right. They play well together, you know. Other talking points from preseason that from from what I've seen, Brooklyn is actually looking pretty solid. Atlanta is looking terrible, but somehow still beat Cleveland, even though it was really just like a ghost ship version of Cleveland. A ghost ship. <laughs> I mean, you know, like nobody played hard. Everybody, yeah, yeah. you know, all their starters played for like 20 minutes at the most. They were just going through the motions. Yeah, they don't yeah. care. Same with Golden State Warriors getting beat by Denver. But don't read much into that. Right. They don't care the regular season most of the time, never mind the <laughs> Cleveland, I'm saying. Yeah. Remember, we saw, that's how we got the one seed last you know? year. Yeah, let's see what else. You know, the Lakers still pretty bad, unsurprisingly. And oh, I hope Lonzo Ball can't shoot. I really, really hope he's a miserable three-point shooter because you know how many he's going to take. It will be glorious. I can't wait. Speaking of, not to, you know, wish the guy ill ill future of any kind whatsoever, but Markel Fultz shot 2 of 13 the other night for Philadelphia. Yep. I imagine he's going to do better. But No, woman. I think he might be a little slower learner than we uh, originally anticipated. I remember I wrote an article last year at the end of the season, before we, obviously before we made the trade, about how – of how great it was going to be to get him and, you know, still have Isaiah. So he'd be like the leader of the second unit scoring off the bench. Oh, he could, or at least he could learn into that role. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Uh, he, I don't think he, he may not be, well, he's going to get a lot of minutes. So I maybe you know, he could figure this out by like January, even if he does start slow, but um, I, that's another team that's going to be intriguing too. We got Embiid's already banged up. Um, not not ready to play yet. Uh, he's not playing against us tomorrow. Simmons, um, it's going to be interesting to see because um, Brett Brown was talking about how Simmons is already, like, even though he's a rookie, because he was around the team last year, he doesn't seem like a rookie, right? Which gets back to my point is these guys shouldn't be, if they miss their rookie season, shouldn't be considered a rookie when they've been with the team and practice with them. Yeah, I completely year. agree. Uh, like Joel Embiid being, you know, up for rookie of the year last year when he it was his third year in the league. I mean, I, but that's another thing altogether. Well, yeah, just but his comments alone go, solidify my argument that it's nonsense that players that aren't in their like you know aren't playing in their rookie year. It's I think it's different if somebody's overseas and they're not around the team and they drafted. This should just be different categories. Just make it a new award. You can have NBA like, year. zero years experience rookie. No, I mean, yeah. I just I mean, don't like it. I, th- I think it's nonsense. It He's, you know, Embiid was around the team for two years before last season. You know, it's it's not the same as a 19-year-old kid coming right out of college. No, but you could, you could, you know, tweak it so that way, not just so you have rookie of the year and best new player in the league. Yeah. So that way they are and still a new player to the league, but they are not. Rookies. I don't think they need an award, but, but now, point take. How about a participation trophy? You give them that. Give them a participation trophy. One of those little ones I used to get for, you know, baseball back in the day. Well, check out the links at the top of Celticslife.com. As I'm sure you might 
have gotten a clue from, you know, the entire podcast, you can get tickets to the next game coming up tomorrow. You can also get hoodies in the store, shirts, can't get them anywhere else. And you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. If you'd like what you hear, please let us know by rating us five stars. That's a great way you can support the podcast. We're not asking you for any money. You know it costs us money to make it. So we would really, 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 really appreciate if you rate us five stars. And if something sucks, we're not doing something right, or we're just irritating you, let us know with a comment in any article, on any tweet. You can use the hashtag CLPod. That's hashtag CLPOD. We will get it. We'll hear it. We'll read it. We're trying to bring you the Celtics coverage the way you want, the way you like it. Now the season's here, or at least the preseason. We've got a whole lot more stuff to talk about. So, with that, I'll sign off. Mark? Peace out, everybody. Take care, y'all.